Hi, my name is Ryan. I'm Caleb. I'm Isaac, and this is the King's Advocate Podcast, where three friends and brothers in Christ talk about the Bible. Uh, before we get started with this episode, we wanted to mention that we, a couple uh, episodes ago, we talked about, uh, in episode one, we kind of touched on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit subject. We wanted to let y'all know that uh, we are doing some study over that. We've gotten comments, we've gotten feedback about it, and we are studying over it. But for the time being, we're continuing to study over it, and we're not going to touch on that just yet. We may possibly in the future, but for right now, we're just going to move on to other topics. Uh, The first of which, uh, actually the first episode after our uh, mission statement statement episode, we're going to be talking about dedication. Uh, Specifically, the dedication that the disciples had to following Christ and following Jesus. Um, I know that this subject kind of hits hard for me personally because I've often felt like I wasn't or I haven't been as dedicated as I should be. You weren't crucified upside down for Jesus? I was not crucified upside down for Jesus. Um, But when you look at the not only the deaths of the apostles, but also the lives that they lived, you kind of get to see the level of dedication that they had. And for me, it's inspiring to look at their lives and their example and want to follow that. I feel like I'm often inspired by Paul and just right. pretty much everything he did. Well, I, a, a guy who wasn't necessarily technically an apostle, one of the 12, but somebody who I kind of put in that same category is uh, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love reading this, the story of Stephen. His dedication is pretty amazing. I mean, it's hard to disagree with people on, on things like, like, I don't know, your favorite superhero or politics, especially today. But, I mean, he went into a room full of people who he knew were dead set against him and didn't agree with him about Jesus. And he told them at the end, I mean, he told them basically their whole history. And then he told them at the end, you're a bunch of stiff-necked people. You're stubborn. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. And he said, I think that's in Acts 7, that whole uh, that whole uh, lesson basically that he gives to the Pharisees. But, I mean, he, he was brave and he was led by the Holy Ghost and then, I mean, when he died, he, he was like, Lord, lay not the sin to their charge, you know. He, always very exp- inspiring to me to think about Stephen. Yeah, the, the dedication of pretty much everyone in the New Testament uh, that's talked about in a good way, at least, uh, is really inspiring. But I, I want to especially look at the disciples. We're going to at least be talking about the 11 that were with Christ, excluding Judas and the Apostle Paul. But first of all, the first thing, they left everything the disciples did. They, when Jesus came to them and saw them and wanted them to follow him, they were busy. <laughs> they, they were busy people. Uh, when, you, when you see Simon and Peter, or Simon Peter and Andrew, his brother, they were fishing. Uh, that's in Matthew 4, verse 18 through 22. You see them fishing. That's their life. Uh, it's their livelihood. And uh, uh, I, I can read that if you want real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Matthew four eighteen through 22 says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. <laughs> So, they probably followed Jesus because of the pun, because he said, 
you're fishermen, but I'll make you fishers of They're like, I like this guy. He's got jokes, and I'm going to follow him. (laughs) (laughs) No, but... But uh, on a, on a serious note, though, I, I think it's interesting how it's how it, they said um, they left not only their boat but their father. But their father. I mean, they left their. I mean, think uh, about it this family. way too, because that was their livelihood, not only for themselves but for their father. Oh yeah. So not only are they leaving money for them, but they're leaving their father with two less helpers, and he's out there fishing with. I don't know if he had a crew or not, but he's two man down. Yeah. <laughs> but they left all of that. All of their money, all of their family. I mean, Ryan, you recently got married not too long ago. And you have a steady job. You have a house. You have a lot of things that me and Caleb don't have. (laughs) So, I mean, if you think about it, if Jesus himself came to you at this stage that you're at right now and said, follow me, leave everything behind and follow me, what would you think your response would be? I mean, obviously I would say, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I That's say like, that because we're on a podcast. Yeah, because everybody's to. gonna be listening. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I would want to. I mean, I, I would probably want to come home and explain to to Emma where right. I'm going. You know, and it would it would be really tough to just like say, okay, so Jesus comes up to you and just says, okay, we're going to a different country. You know, that that'd be really tough. Uh, the 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 disciples they they had a lot of backbone and a lot of bravery. And I mean, in Mark ten and twenty eight. Uh, Jesus is is talking about how um, it's impossible to enter, or it's harder, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. And then in Mark 10 and 28, it says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. So, I mean, he's talking about the group there. He said, we left everything. So, your your point is is pretty well taken. They uh, they, they sacrificed quite a bit to, to, to follow Jesus, to be dedicated to him. Yeah. Even even though I don't have all the things that you have necessarily, uh, I'm not quite that far along in my life. I think it'd be hard for me to leave everything I have and travel the world with this guy who says he's the son of God, and I believe he's the son of God, but you know, I have to leave my family, I have to leave my job, I have to leave my home, the people that I know and love, and be fishers of men, go out there and completely restart my profession, <laughs> completely restart my life. As it's, It took dedication, and it took a lot of faith on their part, too, uh, to go with this guy, to go with Jesus. And we're very thankful that they did, because without that, I don't know, maybe some other people would have followed Jesus in their stead. But Do you think they got the opportunity to, like Ryan said, like explain to their wives and stuff? It says, like right after that, he went... Uh, Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. Do you think he stuck around that area and they probably got a chance to do that? Or do you think they just disappeared? I think I think he did stay in that area. Uh, I think that they probably did have a chance to go see their families occasionally. Like, I'm going to be gone for a couple of years. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Andrew went and got Peter, right? So oh, yeah. He yeah. Said, and, then, and then we later in Scripture you read about how Peter, like, goes back into his wife and his mother-in-law. So I mean, Right, like Jesus heals his mother-in-law. They probably so. had pretty good standing there, so I mean... I think I'm they not... did go back... The, the way that Jesus traveled, I think he did go back and revisit some areas. So they probably would have had opportunity to be with their family again. But at the same time, they left all that behind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if they did go back and visit them every once in a while, they left it behind. They were gone. 
I mean, yeah. the, the Zebedee had to work by himself without his sons. Maybe he hired help. I don't know. But he was two men down, and two of those men were his sons, the people he probably trusted most just dared, with his industry. Just disappeared off the shore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just it's inspiring to think that when I often, when I look at that, I think about the rich young ruler, and I wonder, which would I be more like? And if I was really dedicated to Christ, which one would I be more like? Obviously, the disciples uh, were completely dedicated to Christ. The rich young ruler wasn't. But which category do I fall into, or do I fall in the middle somewhere? But... Not only to leave everything behind, but for the reason that they left too. Like the rich young ruler didn't want to leave all that stuff because of his own. He he loved his stuff, but the disciples clearly didn't love their stuff as much as they wanted to follow Jesus and to learn from him. Uh, and and that, that's really the reason why they left, is so they could be with him, so they can learn from him. Uh, and they didn't have the like example that we have of them in the scripture because right. they were being written into it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. They had Abraham. Okay. They, they did have examples. They had the examples, Testament. but not like this. Right. You know, they didn't know, you know what the next day was going to be like. Right. They didn't even know who they would become. Yeah. They, they didn't know that they were going to be the guys that after Jesus was gone were going to be the like driving force of the gospel for the most part. Yeah. There's but, a level of faith and dedication there that you, you can easily compare to yourself and say, you know, do I have that? And more than likely, the answers for me usually no. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely feel like I need more dedication, but not only just to leave everything, but to learn as much as I possibly can. Uh, when the disciples were following Jesus, they learned. They they asked Jesus to teach them. Even when John or when uh, Jesus first called two disciples, one of them was Andrew, uh, in John one thirty five, they called him Rabbi, which means teacher. They said, "Teacher, where are you staying?" They wanted to be with the guy that was going to teach them a lot of things. Uh, they didn't know. I'm sure they didn't know exactly what he was going to teach them, but they wanted to learn as much as they possibly could while they were with Jesus. And so did the rest of the disciples. They were there to learn from the Son of God, which is an amazing opportunity. Well, that had tons of, I mean, you're, you're right, there's, there's tons of examples throughout the New Testament when, when Jesus is still there of not only them asking him to explain what parables meant, but also like in Luke 11 and 1, it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So there's lots of different examples of those guys you know, they wanted to learn from him. They wanted to learn how to pray. They wanted to know what he meant by these parables. They wanted to know how, at one point they said, Lord, increase our faith. I mean, they, 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 they wanted to learn from him. They tried to learn from him. That was like their, that was like one of their biggest goals was to learn from him. They had that fire and that drive, like kind of when you come off of like a summer meeting and you're like, I want to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Bible study we started two years ago, we decided would start in the middle of a sermon during a meeting that you know we were particularly on fire that we had that drive and it seems like they frequently had this drive and, and had a lot of it you know 
Yeah. I mean, they definitely they definitely weren't perfect. There's no absolutely. Di- there's yeah. lots of different times. That there's they there's up. even t- a time where Jesus called, or when Peter was talking to Jesus, and when Jesus said, uh, "I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be resurrected." And Peter said, "No, you won't." Basically. Oh uh, yeah. And Jesus had to tell him, "Get behind me, Satan." Yeah. <laughs> or watch for your soul because Satan wants you. So there were de- there were definitely times that the disciples showed their humanity, mm-hmm. for sure. But I don't. The only time their dedication to Christ wavered was when he died. Yeah. Or well, and when he was arrested, obviously. Yeah. So that, yeah. I guess that you could count that as one instance. But but they uh, they definitely they definitely suffered for the cause. They were definitely. Um, committed to the cause and you can see that throughout their life i mean you've got you got some examples this is here right is it... yeah i mean uh there's there's an example in uh let's see acts 5 uh a group of religious people had caught the apostles and were telling them you need to denounce christ you need to stop teaching christ and in verse 40 uh, after they had beaten them or actually in verse 40 he says and they agreed with him and when they had called for the apostles, this is talking about the people that in that council that decided they need to quit talking about it. Mm-hmm. They agreed with him, and when they called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, here's the interesting part of that. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. The amount of <laughs> dedication it took for them to leave that situation where they were beaten, so like probably severely, for speaking the name of Jesus, they were rejoicing to be able to to even be counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Oh yeah, well that reminds me of that place in uh, in Acts when Paul and Silas are imprisoned and they're you know they're beaten with stripes. We find out we find that out. Um, and that's Acts sixteen. Acts sixteen. Yeah, in verse twenty two it actually says that they were oh. <laughs> uh, beaten with rods and then they and. Verse 23 said they laid many stripes on them and threw them in prison. But then like afterward they were still rejoicing. They were and singing praying praises singing. to God and that's when and that's when the, the, the earthquake uh, came and, and popped open their locks and everything. Yeah. It's I mean, Paul himself, he he took a ton of punishment for, for Christ's name. He was beaten with stripes like a ton of times. He was shipwrecked, he was A night and a day have I been with the... Yeah, he, he spent a lot he he took a lot of punishment for Absolutely. And I, I kinda wonder sometimes, you know, like what you know what level of punishment would would scare me like i mean yeah. obviously any any level kind of scares me thinking about but what level would would get me to the point where you know would i would i eventually give it up you know and and you wonder about that like how committed how committed are we are we so committed in our mind that we would be you know like these people who who they did suffer those things and they they were beaten with stripes and they were called names and they were spit on and they were treated they were treated awfully i mean they and you know we we have to be i mean i, I know sometimes i like I'm, I'm afraid to to talk about god because i'm, I'm worried of you know what people are going to say about me right or what people are not even people, what people are going to say what are people going to think and and i'm worried about that like the apostles they they weren't worried about what people thought of them okay. they weren't even worried about their own lives mm-hmm. A good passage for that is Second Corinthians eleven twenty four through twenty eight, which we touched on a little bit, talking about all that the Apostle Paul went through, the stoning, the shipwrecking, night and day in the deep, journeys, perils. But in verse twenty eight, he said, uh, at the very last sentence, beside the other things, 
what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. That was what's on his mind every time he was beaten, every time he was shipwrecked, every time he was in peril. All he cared about was the churches. That was his dedication. And it's hard for me to even go through my daily life and remember my concern for the churches, which I have concern for the churches. I want the church to grow. I want the church to succeed. And I want us all to go to heaven. But it's hard to remember that throughout even my daily life. And I'm not even being persecuted, at least not as heavily as Paul was. Yeah. You wonder if that persecution makes you more dedicated or, or you know, might drive you away. I guess it depends on uh, it depends on your dedication. Like depends on the person. For there's sure. there's that parable, the parable of the sower. I mean the 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 root that takes you know has no root, or the the seed that you know springs up immediately, but it has no root, and then in a time of trial, it, it's burned away. You know, so that implies you know that there's there's going to be people who who aren't their dedication isn't deep, their roots aren't deep in God, and they they suffer a time of trial and they just they they fall away, and it's like I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be that person. This isn't as easy as I thought it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but like all, all of the all of the apostles, pretty much except for John, died like a, a a violent death. I mean, not not a death I would I would want to die. <laughs> well, it depends on which of the historians and right right. Text it, you that's read, that's but... not necessarily recorded in the in the gospel, but from what from what secular history might tell us. So the, the only apostle that actually was recorded to die was James in Acts 12 and 1 and 2. He said, Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church, and he killed James the brother of John with a sword. That was the only recorded one? That's the only recorded, well, other than Judas, that was the only recorded disciple or apostle uh, death in the Bible. Mm. The rest of it is all based on historians and historians, uh, traditions. Yeah, church tradition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would pose that question to the audience, like for the week. When was the last time that you evaluated yourself in that way and compared yourself like that and thought, you know, in this situation, if tomorrow we were to be persecuted in that same way, mm-hmm. am I in a spot in my life to where I wouldn't run off and hide, but to where? I would stand strong and I would do the will of God like we have example of some of the apostles doing that even through persecution or difficult times and through everything that Paul went to, he didn't turn and he didn't run. He just kept going and he had that much faith and dedication. When was the last time you evaluated yourself to see you know, where you're at? Where's your faith at? Where's your dedication at? So I think a good thing to talk about after we've talked about all the disciples and how dedicated they were i think a very important question is how do we become more dedicated or close to as dedicated as the disciples as we can be um and i have a few things listed here that we can talk about a little bit to imply or apply in our own lives and maybe our listeners to apply to them as well first thing be ready to forsake all um in Luke 14, verse 26, it says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish, all will see it and begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So, we need to be able 
to forsake everything, to say, if it comes down to it, and I have to choose between A, B, C, or Jesus, which am I going to pick? I think it's important to clarify just important, just real quick on that verse. Uh, even though that's, is that New King James or is it ESV? It is New King James. Okay. Well, that word hate there, it can mean hate, but it also means love less. Yeah. So God's not telling you to hate your, your family or anybody or your own life. He's just telling you, you love uh, God more than you love any anything, more than your family, more than your you know, your house, your car, He's the number your job. one thing. Yeah, and and uh, that that's 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 tough to do. But it's I mean, we have to have our priorities right or or we're never gonna be as an effective disciple as, as we need to be, as we, you know, desire to be. That's something that you have to like often look at and again evaluate about yourself is where are my priorities and what thing might be holding me back and what thing do I need to get out of my hand? Like if your right hand offends you, cut it off just kind of like what we talked about at the Bible study, but making sure that there's nothing that's hindering you or, or creating a barricade between you and God that you wouldn't be able to just get rid of it and follow him. Yeah. I mean, that's the second thing that, that, we, that I wanted to bring up. How do we come more, become more dedicated? Just cut off things that are in your way, mm-hmm. that are holding you back. Uh, and you, you talked about Matthew 5.29. Uh, I also want to look at Galatians 5.24. It says, And those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So when we became a member of the church, not only did we crucify our sins, but we put, we're put we supposed to put to death our, our earthly passions and desires, all of those things that are going to hold us back, put those aside. Cut that off. Yeah, Romans 6 says, how are we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Like, we're supposed to. Our old man is, is gone, and the things that ruled us in the past are not supposed to rule us anymore. Yeah. And that's painful. Like, if you are addicted to video games or entertainment or, I mean, like, other, I mean, that's that's a mild example. There's much more strong addictions that are a little bit more tough. But every, every um, I guess you could call them every vice that we have, they're painful to cut off. Like God or Jesus doesn't use the the term cut off your hand or pluck out your eye because, you know, he's making a point that it's going to be easy. Like to physically cut off your hand would be really, really tough. And he's not advocating you to do that physically, but he's talking in a spiritual manner. If you have something that is, if your right hand is, if your, if your right hand is, you know, infected with something that's going to mess up your whole body, you cut it off. You, you, you take away the things that are making you a, a weaker or, uh, less effective servant for God or, or something that could literally kill you. I mean, kill yeah. your spiritual life. Not only just like affect you, but if it <laughs> spreads to your whole body and you die to your sins, you know, I kind of, I almost made like a zombie. <laughs> I was thinking that if too. you get bit on the hand and you, you cut, just it cut it off. It off. Yeah. So, yeah. It's in the same, yeah, that's kind of the approach that you have to take with it. There is something about me that is killing me and I need to get rid of it. That's the idea. There is something, there's a part of me that is keeping me from being dedicated to God and is keeping me from seeing heaven, so I need to get rid of it. And which is kind of the last point, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye fixed on what is coming next. And that's really going to help us be more dedicated in our service to Christ is when we remember why we're here and why or what we're doing this for. Okay. 
before you read this, this verse that you've got, I just want to say this is going to tie in really well with the podcast that the, the next episode, because that's <laughs> that's what my whole next episode is about is, you know, keep your eye. What what is the prize? What is it that we're that we're fighting for? So tune in next week for that. Definitely. <laughs> but continue. OK, so we got a teaser. But uh, <laughs> in Second Peter three, verse 11 says, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot, and blameless. So... He's telling the people there that the day of judgment is coming. Jesus is coming back. He's going to burn the world away. Why does anything on this world matter then? It's all going to go away. What we strive for and what we look forward to is what's coming next. Yeah, I mean, think about, like, if you think about our life here, it seems long. Like, for me, I'm 22, and that seems like, you know, 22 years, that's a long time. If I get to 44, Lord willing... That, that seems like a long way away to me. But yeah. if, if we think about it in eternal terms, I mean, eternity is, is a <laughs> it's a concept that I can't like really wrap my mind around, you know? Right. I think the disciples knew this when they were going through everything they were going through, when they were rejoicing because they were beaten, where they, they were given stripes. It's because they knew that something better was coming. And that's part of how they were able to be so dedicated. It's because they knew... Their citizenship was in heaven. And he's going to come back and he's going to transform us. And we're going to be glorious. He's going to subdue everything to himself. And we're going to belong or we're going to go to the place that we actually belong. I guess that's a, that's a pretty good way to look at it when you think about like, am I a citizen of heaven or am I a citizen of earth? And you can determine that based on you know what your heart is filled with and you know, like if you're a citizen of earth, your heart is filled with earthly things and your life is based around your life on earth, this mortal, finite life. Yeah. You're a citizen of earth. But God calls us to be citizens of heaven and to lay up treasures in heaven and be focused on heaven and focused on the future and on eternity. It's kind of an interesting. Well, way to put the, it. the dedication of, of the apostles was, I think... There's a couple pillars to it, and and one of them was was yeah they wanted to they wanted to get to heaven. I mean, they wanted to spend the rest of their eternity in, in comfort and joy, but also a big part of it was they I mean they loved Christ. They loved yeah. Christ more than they loved anything else at at the end at, at the very least. I mean, and well, that's got to be everything. that that's got to be another that's got to be a pillar of ours. You know, it can't just be we want to go to heaven because we think heaven's gonna be real fun. I mean, I mean yeah it's gonna be great and it's gonna be wonderful, but another pillar of, of our faith and our dedication to Christ has to be we love him, you know, we love him more than we love ourselves. We love him more than we love our family. And, you know, he, he came and he died for us. So it's a small thing for me to live for him and, and die for him. If that's, if that's what's necessary, because that's what he did for us. You know, he, he lived for us. He died for us. He rose again and he beat the grave for us. So, you know, that's gotta be, that's gotta be another, another part of it. We can't just all be, I don't think you can really just I don't think you can live the Christian life without, I mean, you can't live the Christian life without love for Christ. You know, you can be excited for heaven. I sure am. But 
you, you that that was another huge huge part of their yeah of, of their dedication i mean you think of the apostle paul and all the things that he did before he was the apostle paul i mean his love for christ had to be boundless because of all the things that he did to christ's people yet christ still called him to be not only saved but a carrier of the gospel to others a instrument for the gospel to be spread i mean that that had to rock paul's world honestly he was a changed man yeah i mean and and our our dedication needs to be the same when we look at the apostles and we look at the uh, people who people like stephen and we need to look at them for inspiration and I mean, the greatest example is obviously Jesus. I yeah. mean, you can't look at Jesus and say he wasn't dedicated. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, that's what we need to be. We need to set our set our standard high for for the for our dedication. Our our dedication can't be something small. I mean, Jesus says, like Paul. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Like Paul said, you know, you run the race that you may obtain. You don't just run to run. You don't aim for second. You run to win the race. You know, you set the bar as high as Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a really big, really big challenge for us today because we can get we can get sidetracked easy, and yeah. our dedication is is kind of what helps keep us from being from being sidetracked and and not following God the way that we ought to. All right. Well, I guess we've uh, come to the close of the episode, which leads into next week's episode, actually. So, <laughs> if you want, just as a side note here, if you want to look at the website where I got all of the uh, deaths of the apostles, all the traditions and stuff, we didn't really cover all of it. But if you'd like to know more about that, I'll give a link in the description. Or, uh, yeah, we'll put, we'll put links to it to for to the website I saw, so you can go and look at that yourself. Overview Bible. Overviewbible.com is where I got that. So, uh, again, no, almost none of the deaths of the apostles recorded are based in Scripture. So take it with that. A grain of salt. Grain of salt in mind. So, uh, but it is interesting, and if you want to look that over, you can definitely do so. But for now, my name is Ryan. My name is Caleb. My name is Isaac, and this is the King's Advocate Podcast. Signing off.